All right, Matthew chapter number 2 and verses 1 through 11 is the story of the wise men. The story of the wise men is not really a Christmas story. I know traditionally it has been kind of morphed into the Christmas story that the wise men came to the stable and saw the baby Jesus in the manger and there's three of them. And and that's all pretty nice sentimental uh, tradition, but it's not really biblically based as we'll see here. In chapter 2, 1 through 11, uh, Jesus is now a young child, and he's in a house. He's not a baby in a manger. But these wise men come, and I want to just observe some things, seven things about them today as I speak on the subject of the wisdom of the wise men, the wisdom of the wise men. And if you want to write on the back of your bulletin these seven points, the Bible tells us you and I should walk in wisdom. We should walk in wisdom. There's a lot of ways to learn wisdom. You can learn it by studying the Bible. Uh, the Bible's full of wisdom, cover to cover. Uh, knowing Jesus Christ, in him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, especially reading books, especially if you're young, like books of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, read them over and over and over again. It'll fill you with wisdom for life and uh, my wife as newlyweds, when we were newlyweds, we read through the book of Proverbs 72 times out loud uh, for the first six years of our marriage, and that book made most of our decisions for us. We never had to think uh, what to do, because it told us, told us what to do. And so you, you need, especially if you're young, you need to read Proverbs over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, you that are in your teens and 20s especially, that's the book for you. It's full of wisdom. Proverbs 4 verse 7 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Now, how do you know if you have wisdom? You don't make many mistakes. That's how you know if you have wisdom. You don't make many mistakes. Because God guides you. The Lord leads you by his word and by his Holy Spirit. You don't make many mistakes. We're told in Colossians 4 and verse 5 to walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. That means every day of our life we should be walking in wisdom. And God gives us knowledge and understanding from the scriptures, from preachers, from teachers, from church, from parents, good godly parents, and so many maybe good books, but especially from the Bible. Uh, He gives us knowledge and understanding. And when you take knowledge, which is the facts, and understanding, which is how to use the facts, and you apply it to your own life, and you walk in that, that's called walking in wisdom. Walking in wisdom. Another way you can learn wisdom is by observing those who are wise. And that's what we're going to do this morning. I want to point out seven things about these wise men here in... uh, Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11. Seven observations about them. Some of them are pretty simple, but write them down. And this is kind of a message like between Christmas and New Year's. We certainly want to walk in wisdom next year. And uh, this is uh, a good story to start with. It says in chapter 2 and verse 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. I want to notice seven things about the wisdom of the wise men. Why were these wise men wise men? And uh, number one is they kept company with other wise men. 
They kept company with other wise men. If you want to write that down, number one, they kept company with other wise men. Now, with that in mind, if you keep your place here and you go back to the book of Proverbs chapter 18, Proverbs chapter 18, then we'll come right back to Matthew 2. In Proverbs chapter number, I think it's 18, and uh, verse number 20, I think. Nope. Is that a 3 or an 8? That's a 3. Proverbs 13. Not 18. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Wow. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. You've got to find some wise men to walk with or wise women uh, to walk with because a companion of fools shall be destroyed. There's a lot of fools out there these days. And uh, they're not walking in the wisdom of God. But he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. And I want you to notice, number one, about these wise men is they kept company with other wise men. Now, there might not be a lot of wise men or wise women uh, on earth today, but there's some. And uh, you can find some uh, in the church For instance, you can find some wise men and wise women who are trying to do nothing else but fulfill God's will in their life, and they want the best. Your friends, your companions should be making you better. Your companions that you choose to be around with should be making you better. If they're making you worse, if they're pulling down your standards, if they're pulling down your morals, if they're pulling down your convictions and, 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 and righteousness, and they're dragging you lower and lower and lower and lower and lower, those are not wise men. And you would be better off walking alone than to have fellowship with them. I always tell people the two quickest ways to wreck your life is by relationships and finances. You can get into a relationship really easy, but it's awful hard to get out of it. And you can get into financial problems and debt really easy, really fast, but it's hard to get out of it. And those are the two quickest ways that you can wreck your life. You better watch out for relationships and who you choose to fellowship with. It says there came wise men from the east. Now, traditionally, we're told there's three wise men, but we don't know. We don't have any idea. That's probably based on the fact that they would give their treasures uh, to the Lord, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave those three treasures, so somebody came up with the conclusion there was three wise men. There may have been a lot of wise men. We're not very sure, Uh, but uh, we'll find out maybe someday when we get the details uh, when we're with the Lord. Now notice verse 2 saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? I want you to notice number 2 is they sought the Lord. The wisdom of the wise men, number 2 is they sought the Lord. Now, 
it's easy for us to read this. And because uh, it goes on and says, For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Uh, I want you to notice here that they came from the east. Now, if you've ever seen a map of the Holy Land, you know, it's the only thing that's the, to the east of Jerusalem is, is, is like Babylon and that area. And as the crow flies, it's about 800 miles in a straight line between the east and Jerusalem. But it's desert, and nobody can survive going across it, at least in those days. So they had to go up and around, and the most common route was 1,200 miles. 1,200 miles. Now that's what you call seeking the Lord. Boy, they put some effort into their search for the Lord. It reminds us of the fellow in Acts chapter 8 who came up from Ethiopia all the way to Jerusalem to, to worship the Lord. And man, people put a lot into their worship. we got this crazy idea that worship is going to church for an hour, watching a rock band play up on stage and singing a bunch of emotional um, choruses over and over and over and over and over again. And, and then we leave and say, we just worship the Lord. No, worship the Lord is... is is uh, following his star for 1,200 miles and saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. They sought the Lord. They sought the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 55 and verse number uh, six, we have a wonderful promise here. And it says this, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. God is findable. Is that a word? God is findable. God does not hide himself from us. And anybody who seeks the Lord says, Seek the Lord and he shall be found. He does not hide himself from anybody in the human race. And, and, and any one of us is as close to the Lord today as we want to be. As we want to be. They sought the Lord. And then number three, I want you to notice again in verse number two. Where is he that is king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. I want you to notice that they were humble enough to ask questions. Wise men are humble men who all of their life keep asking questions. That's wisdom. Doesn't matter if you get to be 70, 80, 90, you're still constantly seeking to know more about the Lord, to get your proud people, they never get answers. Uh, they think they know it all. Uh, there's no hope for a proud person. Uh, but the humble person can be learning all of their life. And it's a, such a wonderful thing when we have a Bible filled with stories about adult men who asked questions, who go up to Jesus and say, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, teach us to pray. And I, I hope you'll be that kind of an adult man all of your life, 
humble enough to come to church and just absorb things like a sponge, receive the word of God with all readiness of mind, and then go and search the scriptures to see whether those things are so. Don't ever be one of those that says, well, when the pastor said Matthew 2, I just turned him off because I know all that. No, there's probably things in here we can all see. And wise men are humble enough to ask questions. Do you ever hear about these guys that will never ask for directions? And that's something. Man, I used to always ask for directions. Back in the old days, my wife and I had been to all 50 states. And all we had was those big atlases, those Rand McNally atlases. And those things are so wrong so often. Uh, and and I, I would sometimes just go into a store, convenience store, gas station. I, I've stopped policemen and said, do you know where this is? Do you know how I can get to here? And boy, you get help that way. You get help that way. And my wife, can she's probably laughing over there. How many times I've done that? We should ask for directions. We should be humble enough to ask questions. And the result? You get answers. You get answers and you keep learning. Are you humble today? Number four, they followed the light that God gave them. They followed the light that God gave them. <coughs> Nobody really can explain this that much, and I've heard try to study this, but it says in verse 2, For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. They followed the light that God gave them. Um, and I don't quite understand this whole star thing, and I've studied it out, and I've heard people explain it and whatever, and I think there's some things we're just going to have to wait till we get to heaven and say, what was that star thing about? But God put a star in there, and it just kept going and going and going, just like in the old days when he had the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day, and, and uh, when it moved, they moved, and when it stayed still, they stayed still, and, and, and God led people in different ways. There's stories in the Bible where God showed people things in trances. He showed people things in dreams. Uh, he showed people things by angels appearing and telling them uh, things. And, and he, he showed them light by prophets speaking to them. And uh, there were many tools <coughs> that God used uh, to give people light and for these wise men, it was a star, and so they followed the light that God gave them. Now, you and I live in such an advantageous dispensation where we have a more sure word of prophecy. Uh, Peter one time said, you know, I actually heard God speak audibly. I was up on the mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration, me, James, and John, and we saw Jesus transfigured before us, and we saw Moses, and we saw Elijah, and we were up there. And then the next thing you know, the, there was a cloud, and we actually heard God speak to us in an audible voice. But then he would go on to say in 2 Peter 1, but we have a more sure word of prophecy, the, the written word, the written word. And he says, this is more sure than if God spoke to you out loud audibly. The safest form of communication there is to mankind is in writing. 
in writing. That's why we have wills and affidavits and documents and everything. We put things down in writing. Because if you die without one, somebody's going to say, well, no, he said this. Oh, no, he said this. Oh, no, he said I was supposed to get this. And No, but if it's in writing, you see, that's the safest way. Now, we have light. They had light from a star. But it says in Psalm 109 and verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Bible is our light. Later in verse 130, it says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. That means to those that don't know what to do. The Bible will give you understanding. The entrance of thy words giveth light. That's why we encourage you in this church to to be a Bible student. To read the Bible. I mean, every day, read the Bible. It'll give you light. It'll give you understanding uh, to the simple. And that's the light we have today. So I'm not listening for angels or prophets or going into a trance or believing in my dreams or, or looking for a star <coughs> to guide me. Our light today is the Bible. The Bible is our light. Thy word is a light unto my feet and a lamp. A lamp under my feet and a light under my path. Now, lamps back then did not, you know, they weren't beams like we have on, you know, the headlights of our cars or something where we see way down the road. They would only brighten up a few feet at a time, a lamp that you carried. And I believe the lesson in that is that God is going to give you light for a few steps in your word as you study the, and read the Bible yourself and then a few more steps and a few more steps and a few more steps. He's just going to lighten a little bit of your path. And the path of the just groweth brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. So you have to be in the word. You have to read the Bible yourself. You have to meditate on what you're reading and, and God will give you light. And if you're here today and you say, boy, my whole life's been a mess, that can change. You can start walking in the wisdom of God's word today if you'll become a Bible reader and a Bible student. And so they, they followed the light that God gave them. And the light that God has given us in this day and age is the Bible. The Bible. Now I want you to notice number five is they worship the Lord. In verse 2, it says, We have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Verse 11, And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. They worshipped him. These were the first worshipers. First time worship's ever mentioned in the New Testament is in this story. And I want you to notice they fell down. Worship is often a posture. It is often falling down before uh, a king or a dignitary. And and it's often prostrating ourselves before God. As I've observed before, worship, you go through every verse of worship in the Bible, and it never is tied to music. 
I don't know how we've gotten to this point in the body of Christ today, but I don't think we're following the word. And, uh, I mean, praise the Lord with music. We should praise him, sure. But worship has more to do with posture. And almost any time you find worship, you find people who are prostrating themselves before God, falling down on their knees and worshiping him and adoring him. And, uh, uh, and so that they worshiped here in verse number 11. These are wise men, and they fell down and worshiped him. Now, he's probably not even two years old yet. We uh, figure that maybe he was two years old or younger because Herod, uh, that evil king, would come. And as we'll see, the wise men left another way. Uh, And he went into Bethlehem and killed all the children that were under two years of age. You imagine that? We've seen some of that stuff in our day and age, haven't we? And Satan's had a long war against children, hasn't he? And uh, he hates children. God loves them. Uh, but you read down. We're not going to read that portion of, of the, the scriptures. But uh, Herod goes into Bethlehem and, and has all the children, two years of age and under, slaughtered. So we figured Jesus was two years of age or under. And, and just to make sure he got Jesus, he said, just kill them all. Imagine that. Well, we've seen some of that stuff in our world this year. Back on October 7th. Unbelievable how cruel man can be, especially towards the uh, children. Now, going back uh, to point number four, uh, I mentioned the scriptures. They followed the star at first. They followed the star at first. And uh, when they um, got more light, they found that in Micah, chapter number 5 and verse 2, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And so that's how they ended up going there. They, they, They followed what scriptures they had back then too. So I just wanted to add that too. But I want you to notice number 6. As we see the wisdom of the wise men, they gave to the Lord their best. They gave to the, that's wisdom right there. They gave to the Lord their best. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. They gave their best. Some of you give your best. I I can see that. It's amazing how much you give to the Lord. Now, I personally believe that those gifts sustained Joseph and Mary as they went down into Egypt, as as you read uh, about their flight to Egypt in verse 13, to escape Herod and to save the life of the baby Jesus. That those means uh, provided for them at that time in their life as a family. And, uh, and when we worship the Lord in our giving, we, we're, we're helping the Lord. We're helping the Lord's work. And many of you, I know, give to missions uh, as much as you can. 
And you are helping the Lord's work. You are helping the local churches and uh, to carry on uh, what Jesus has us here uh, to do. But they gave their best um, to the Lord. That's worship. In uh, <coughs> First Chronicles chapter 16, First Chronicles chapter number 16, I want to read for you verse number um, 29. It says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And so that's part of our worship is giving. It's part of our worship is giving. And I want to encourage you to be a worshiper of God and to walk in wisdom because God will bless you. He'll bless you. You'll, you'll, you'll be the one with stories pretty soon. Miraculous stories of how God has taken care of you and uh, met your needs. And so, I want you to notice now in verse 12, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. I want you to notice the wisdom of the wise men, number seven, is they walked in the fear of God. They walked in the fear of God. That's wisdom. They walked in the fear of God. Solomon one time wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter number 12, and uh, verses 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Why? For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing whether it be good or whether it be evil. You know, a wise man prepares for the inevitable. That's what a wise man does. He prepares for the inevitable. What is the inevitable? Judgment. The judgment seat of Christ. Ecclesiastes is an interesting book where Solomon in his backslidden days tried everything he could to find satisfaction. And he said, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. Everything I've tried was just empty and it just vexed my spirit and made me depressed. And so he ended with those words that I just read. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. Why? Because God's going to bring it all into judgment. And there can be wonderful rewards and inheritance for the God-fearing man and the God-fearing woman. And you only get one shot in this life to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven and rewards and inheritance. And that's done by walking in the fear of God. The fear of God. Uh, a good study for you is to take the fear of the Lord, that little phrase. Look it up in your concordance and just notice all the wonderful blessings God has attached to that commandment for men and women who fear the Lord and all the blessings he'll bring about in your life. We're not living in a God-fearing land anymore. Uh, some of us remember the days. We're old enough. Where stores weren't even open on Sundays. You would never see, I can remember the day when you would never see a semi-truck on the road on Sunday. Never. Never. 
You never see people working. Even the, the worst people in the country just had so much honor and respect for the Lord's Day. There was so much fear of God, and our country is a better place. Our country is a wonderful place. Um, but there's no fear of God. I want to encourage you to fear God and keep his commandments. And the Bible says, being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Follow God, even if others get mad at you. I mean, they got, Herod got mad at these guys, these wise men, but they didn't care. They said, we're, we're, we're more concerned about what God thinks about us than what Herod thinks about us. And they did the right thing, even though they were opposed uh, to it. In Psalm uh, 119, here's, a, here's an interesting verse here. And I'm almost done, but uh, Psalm 119, I think it's verse 38. Establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. Devoted to thy fear. What are we devoted to? A lot of people are devoted to sports these days. A lot of people are devoted to making money these days and buying things these days and devoted to entertainment. I mean, have you ever seen so much entertainment? But the writer of Psalm 119, who we don't know what his name is, but he says, I'm devoted to thy fear. I'm devoted to thy fear. I fear God. Now, fear... The fear of God has, has quite a spectrum. Uh, it can be something as simple as just reverential trust. Or it can be so far over here as to dread. Like Jacob said when he got to Bethel, I exceedingly dread this place. This, this place is dreadful. It can be everything in between. It's a very broad word. Very broad word. But I want to encourage you to at least have reverence for God. At least have reverence for God. In this world where there's not a lot of reverence for God, at least have reverence for the Lord. So there's some things as we go into a new year. The wisdom of the wise men. Number one, they kept company with other wise men. Who are you keeping company with? Don't wreck your life for them. Uh, no matter how hard it is, you may have to walk alone. A lot of times believers have to walk alone, but we have the Lord with us. They kept company with other wise men. They sought the Lord. Where is he? Where is he? You know, everything we go through, if, you, if you've lost some loved ones, you should say, where is the Lord in this? If you've been sick, where is the Lord in this? If you've had financial calamities, where is the Lord in this? If you're having marriage problems, where is the Lord in this? If you're having family problems, where is the Lord in this? We should be seeking the Lord in everything because he's there. And he can help us and he can show us things about him we we maybe would never see any other way than to go through all of these things. Uh, But... uh, I want to encourage you, number two, to seek the Lord. Number three, they were humble and they asked questions. 
We need adult men like that, humble, ask questions, men who just say, I, I, I don't know, can you help me? And Jesus said he reveals these things unto babes. If we can maintain an attitude of being a little child all of our lives and saying, Lord, teach me. He, he, he will just keep teaching you. They followed the light that God gave them. Number five. They followed the light. That's number four. They followed the light that God gave them. And God has given us light. The scriptures don't just set it aside, but pick that book up every day and get into it and read it. That's the light God has given us. They worship the Lord. They gave the Lord their best. And they feared God and followed his direction. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you for the wise men and for all the wisdom you have given us in the scriptures. Lord, we we pray for your blessing uh, on the message we thank you for these and, and, and help us just to be in awe of their devotion. That they would go so far with such great hardships just so they could fall on their knees before a little baby boy named Jesus. Oh, may we worship the Lord. Give him our best. Father, I pray for those here today that are maybe struggling in relationships and They need to associate themselves with wise people. Lord, that you would guide them and not let them hang around with people who are dragging them down. Lord, I just pray that they'd seek the Lord and God help us to be humble men and women who would just always be teachable, following the light of the scriptures that you've given us and uh, worship the Lord and uh, give him our best. And fear God. As our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, the piano begins to play softly a song of invitation. Maybe one of these or all of them or several of these points or something you need to pray about this morning. God's house is a house of prayer to all nations. Maybe you'd like to stand to your feet and step out to the aisle and just come and pray about some of these points right here. You come now and pray. Say, Lord, as I end this year, help me. Help me to walk in wisdom as this example you've given us. Won't you come and pray? Pray for humility. Pray that you give your best to the Lord and Maybe your life has been kind of a wreck up until this day. Well, you can start walking in wisdom. You can start today. You can start today. Maybe your marriage needs help, your family, your finances, your health. We should pray about our health, you know. We should pray about the health of others. God heals. God helps. I wonder if there's anybody here by the upraised hand that would say, Pastor Cole, to be honest with you, I don't know for sure. I'm seeking the Lord, but I don't think I know the Lord. Or 
I don't know if I'm saved. Sometimes the Bible talks about being saved, having eternal life, going to heaven when we die, and I don't. That's not something I know for sure, but I'd like to know that. Would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand? Let me pray for you in closing. If you raise your hand, say, God, help me. I'd like to know for sure that if something happened to me today, I would, and I were to die, I would go to heaven. I know it's a morbid thought, but it's reality. Would you pray for me? I don't know for sure if I'm saved. Can I pray for you in closing? Raise your hand right up and take it down. I'd like to pray for you.